0: Welcome
1: to MSP Soundbites brought to you by Malwarebytes. Join Brian Kane of Nerds2Go and Brian Thomas of Malwarebytes and your host Sean Dolly as they look at doing the upsell without the hard sell. Upselling can help MSPs increase monthly recurring revenue while providing customers with more powerful tools and greater business benefits. Learn how to do upselling right. I won the 2012 World Sarcasm Championships. True story. Um, welcome, everyone, to the very second uh, podcast of what I refer to as Between Two Bryans. Uh, if you joined us uh, on the first episode, we dove into the cross-sell. But before we dive into today's topic, I wanted to touch on a few things. Um, I am reminded I'm the lowest-ranking person on this call because I'm at 6 o'clock in the morning doing this. So I'm drinking coffee. Um, and to make today's episode a little bit better, we're going to do a drinking game. Every time we say upsell, Uplift or the word strategery, I will drink some coffee and uh, get a little bit more wide awake. Uh, joining us today, again, are two very uh, strong individuals around leadership and in IT sales. We've got Brian Thomas and Brian Kane. Uh, BT, how about you say hi and maybe give me a one strange tidbit about you?
0: Well, thanks, Sean. Well, I'll start off by saying there's a lot of strategery around ah, uh, what I do in IT sales. And no, so great to meet. Everyone, uh, Brian Thomas, I'm the VP of Worldwide MSP and Channel Programs. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's really good to be here. I thought the first episode, I think we came out the gates swinging. I, I think you'd say the same, Brian. How are you doing this morning?
2: I'm doing wonderful this morning. Uh, Brian Kane here, the Senior Director of Technology for nerds to go And I am really excited to slam down some chat here.
1: I love it. So um, everyone, I'm Sean Dolly with bites. I'm going to be your MC again for this uh, podcast. Um, Again, last week we talked about the cross sell. This week we want to dive a little bit into the um, upsell, Um, and and I don't want to call it an idiot's guide to upsell, so we're going to call it the hitchhiker's guide to upsell, Um, and we're going to kind of dive into the why and the how um, and the do's and the don'ts. But first, I just want to share this. Um, When I was little, growing up in the '70s and '80s, my father was a VP of engineering for a uh, for Raytheon, and he used to tell me that. All upselling was, was asking, do you want fries with that? And as a kid, I totally believed that. Um, After my time in the military and college, I got into IT sales. I realized that is not true. Um, It is a lot harder than that. (laughs) There's a lot more questions and a lot more involved. Um, So that's what today is going to be about. So let's start off with question one for uh, Brian Kane. Brian, what is the classic mistake most salespeople make uh, when trying to do an add-on or upsell? And That's two sips of coffee for me, by
2: the way. Awesome. Uh, so I think the, the the most classic mistake, absolutely, is trashing the old solution. You know, that is what a lot of people do. They come in there and they just go, hey, what you're using today, what you're running today, it's absolute trash, doesn't do a good job. It's terrible. And what they don't realize is they are probably sitting in the same room with the person who originally made the decision to purchase that product.
0: Awesome. Brian, uh, BT, what about you? Um, so what I see is the most common mistake and it's a um, strategic or maybe strategery blunder um, <laughs> that I that I'd see I'll take a sip for that thank you. I see that um, the expectations set at the very beginning right when you're either talking to the prospect or interested uh, party I think sometimes they're they're often either confused or not set at the very beginning it's that upfront contract if There are those out there that are familiar with the Sandler training or sales methodologies. You know, this is the upfront clock contract. This is the classic, you know, what's the purpose of the meeting? Are the other person's agenda and expectations set, right? Was there uh, time and logistics put down on paper or even discussed at the beginning of the meeting? And then jointly, what do you guys view as a a good outcome, right? It was actually just this past uh, Friday. I'll just give a shout out to uh, Kaseya, Kaseya, congratulations on the acquisition of uh, of Datto. But I was actually meeting with Paul Farr, their chief product officer, on Friday downtown Miami, and you know the meeting started classically down these lines. He literally started the meeting with, you know, what do you want to get out of this meeting? And then he asked me the same, right? And I asked him the same. It is at that point that we've made a contract, a front contract of how the next hour or two we're going to go. And and I feel like, particularly with with upselling, right. You need to have a very good understanding, right. Of where your ceiling and floor is within an opportunity. And when you understand where that, that ceiling is and you've established that at the very beginning, I feel like both sides feel respected, right. Like they're being heard. And, um, anyway, that's the thing. That I see that uh, when I, when I hear sales calls, those are the things that I, I, I don't see as much as, as, as we should these days. No,
1: absolutely. Great insight. Um, I will say, I'm going to start calling you uh Uh, Thunderstealer, because you dove into my second question without me even asking it. So well done. Um, So uh, Brian, Kane, to add on to that, what do you see from leadership that can be done to kind of help educate and steer their sales reps into doing a better job of the upsell?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I will say, and you know, I'll get slapped on the wrist sometimes. I I really, a lot of times don't like the word upsell. Um, I I like to transition that word. Uh, We present it in a little bit of a different way. Sometimes I like to treat it either as the word upgrade, advance, or sometimes I like to to present it as, you know, a second solution, an alternative solution. Um, One of the the ways we kind of define this or one of the ways we discuss it in training, you know, I could build a chain link fence for you, right? Put it around your house and it is going to provide a level of protection, you know, a good level of protection. It'll keep animals out. It'll keep lots of different things out. But I also offer the 15 foot electrified fence with barbed wire at the top that is going to keep out significantly more. So it's, it's a great way to go in and say, look, you have a solution. You have a product. It does an okay job. It keeps out a lot of the common stuff. But there are some new technologies, there are advancements, there's, there's new stuff out here that we can bring in that is going to provide you. A more advanced level of protection. And the reason they want that is just as we ramp up protection or we ramp up the things we're doing to defend, guess what? The enemy is also out there, you know, increasing its attack. So I love going in as an upgrade, as an advancement, as another solution. Um, It's just, again, for us, one of the ways that we like to go in instead of just saying straight upsell, you know, so the goal isn't necessarily just get this newer product out of the customer. It's showing the customer how this advancement, how this change, how this upgrade can really truly serve them and advance on what they've already made a decision on in the past. Um, It makes the customer feel a lot better about that decision.
1: I I completely agree. Uh, Brian, one of the things that I I know you and I have talked about, sorry, BT and Brian. One of the things that we've talked about in the past is how, a junior or even some more senior sales reps tend to be scared of doing the upsell. Um, why do you think that is, BT?
0: Mm, I, I'm actually going to go back to really where, where Brian Kane just left off. And I think it's, it's the idea that many sales reps, really regardless of tenure, but even some of the best, I, I think shy away from the idea of really truly positioning something as an upgrade as opposed to an upsell. Upgrade obviously implying that there's value, right? That there is value behind what they are offering outside of just what you mentioned very early, Sean, is a side of fries, an add-on, which implies that it's something, but it's more of on the buffet, right? It's on the buffet of items you can or you cannot. Upgrade implies there's some inclusivity of what you already have, but you're getting something even better. I think being consistent, right? About especially the nomenclature, I always use. Um, a, there's another great acronym, kind of a, a tricks and tips of the trade, so to speak. It's ANA. It's also from um, uh, Sandler. It's, you know, we appreciate you taking the time, you know, to meet me. Naturally, you have questions for me. That's the N. O, obviously, you know, I will have questions for you. And then T, typically, this is how the process works. And then getting to the point where, you know, you've made that upfront contract. Right at the very beginning, using that acronym, and then moving into the stage of that conversation where you're positioning, well, this is how this upgrade, right, will apply to your business or solution or whatever you're selling, or whatever you're happy that you're selling. I think is the way to make it um, consistent, right? And that's what I think most salespeople have a hard time uh, doing is keeping, keeping everything within the sales meeting. Right with a prospect incredibly consistent in following certain formulas nomenclatures ways to say things and I don't I, I think what Brian Kane is saying is actually something you need to double click into right the words matter the marketing matter in a in a really really big way especially when you're positioning something so hopefully it answers your question Sean it does absolutely Brian um, so Brian Kane uh, you know
1: last question for you you know um, <laughs> your sales reps always think that they know the best route to a win. Um, some start with the basics and then try to grow into something big. Where do you see the upsell conversation starting? Is it at the very beginning? Is it the middle, As of the end? And, and where is success one in the upsell process?
2: Sure, I think, I, again, I, I think there are different approaches to this um, and all of them can have success in their own way. Um, I, think, I think middle a lot of times is the best approach. And the reason is, I think at the beginning of the meeting, like Brian talked about earlier, BT, is use that beginning of the meeting to set expectations, talk about where they are today, talk about what they're doing today and how it's serving them, and then you can start to lean into, all right, so I'm here today to talk to you about some changes, some advancements, some upgrades, some different things, whether it's add-ons, whatever it is, and I'm gonna show you and bring you additional value. So I'm not gonna diminish your current setup, We're going to talk about it. We're going to analyze it and what it's done for you. We're going to acknowledge it and we're going to move on and we're going to talk about advancing, making changes and doing this. And so I think, I think it truly does build on itself and sets you up for what I think is a much easier close. I think by the time you get to phase three and you try to close there, the customer really understands where they're at today, where they could be tomorrow and how you're going to help them, uh, you know, really implement that new solution and what it's going to do for them and the value it will bring.
0: I agree. And one, one, one last thing to add on that kind of on, if you want to go to another stratosphere, if you want to go advanced level upgrades, uplift,
2: uplift us to that next level,
0: uplift, uplift yes. in strategy. If we want to go to the next stratosphere, I would honestly say no, Brian King, you'd agree with this. There is an art to this for sure. And I think Only some of the most seasoned sales reps I've ever worked with really know how to do this well. But at the very middle to end of a sales cycle, if you can position and upgrade with the decision maker and then pivot beyond their department into another department that has value that comes from the upgrade that you're offering, whatever solution that you're selling, it's the reason I say it's an art and it's very tricky is because you have to approach that conversation outside of the decision maker in a way that doesn't come back to the decision maker in a pushy way, right? In a way that you're gaining advocacy, you're gaining, you know, you're, you're whipping the votes, so to speak, right? If you're in Congress, you do not want that to come back to the decision maker because then that looks to you like, right, there there you are, you're a sleazy salesperson, Right. But if you can position that really well, it is definitely an art outside of the department, come back to the decision maker and all of a sudden have an advocate outside or a champion outside. And then there's advocacy internally. Yeah, that is where I think the big, big money comes, right? That's where the big money comes because then, you know, marketing, as we all know. Uh, their budgets are unlimited. So <laughs> I always go to the marketing departments whenever we go, whenever we upgrade anything. Would you agree with that, Brian? I mean, I mean, you're usually the victim of, of such a ploy. Would you, uh, would you agree? I,
2: yeah, so I absolutely agree. I've been on both sides of this. I was a VP of business development for many years and, and ran many reps. So uh, I've been on both sides of that coin. Um, and that's absolutely right. If you can show value in other places, Besides just technology, I will tell you a lot of times the target is the CFO, you know, and it's not even necessarily saving money, it may just be restructuring how the deal works, how they're built and and how it functions. So absolutely bleeding into those other departments and showing value is a huge win for the company. You just again, like Brian said, it's an art form, you have to do it without pissing off the wrong people.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, listen, uh, BT, Brian, as always, thank you for the time, conversation, and wonderful insights. Uh, for those listening in, the tens and tens of people that have joined us, um, I look forward to the next conversation uh, where we will be talking about, uh, you know, uh, dodging the FUD. And I don't mean Elmer FUD. We're going to be talking about fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Um, so uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us on uh, podcast number two of my version of Between Two Brian's, And I look forward to seeing everyone again soon. Take care.